0: And welcome to The Voice of a Lion. I am Clay Schroff.
1: And I'm Michelle Schroff.
0: And together with an amazing guest, we are The Voice of the Lion. And we hope that it inspires you, gives you guidance, and you find strength in the journey and the stories of those that we have on. Now, Michelle is not only my co-host, but she's my gorgeous wife of 24 years. She's the mother of our 10 children and the best Mimi in the world. She was voted Mother of the Year by American Mothers Incorporated. She is the director of Zoe, which is a nonprofit that empowers and equips women that find themselves in abusive situations, poverty, and incarceration. She's an amazing public speaker, empowering those around her. She's a life coach, a mentor, and she is the blog author of RunMama.Run
1: is not only the most adventurous husband daddy and papa he is a veteran of the united states air force specializing in security and law enforcement he is currently the top producer for larry h miller automotive corporation director of aspen a nonprofit that positively impacts the family and he is also a mentor life coach and a dynamic public speaker we are so excited to hang out with you for the next 30 minutes or so welcome to the voice of a lion
0: we're here with a very dear friend of ours, Monique Jacobson, who has truly impacted the Schroff life and the lives of so many children here in New Mexico, and what a privilege it is to have you here.
2: Oh, the privilege is all mine. I'm so now excited to be here. Now that life has slowed down for you. A little bit. A little bit slower.
0: Hey, I'm going to give some people a history, and this is the Clay yes. history of Monique Jacobson. So she is a super successful woman working for Pepsi. Is that correct? Yeah,
2: PepsiCo, yeah.
0: Yeah, and they're probably paying her way too much. And then she decides (laughs) to work for the state. And then she gets this great gig called Secretary of Tourism. So she Mm. gets to go around and party and hang out (laughs) and whatever else they do. Okay? And then someone makes her an offer. Hey, why don't you jump on this sinking ship of children, (laughs) youth, and family? And come under attack every day. And what were you thinking?
2: So so I will tell you that you're almost right on that history. But the part you got wrong is uh, when I came here to New Mexico, I'm from New Mexico. So when I came home to interview with the governor about the tourism job, what I said to her is, Governor, look what I'd really love is to run CYFD. Oh my goodness! Yeah. You yeah. go, girl! <laughs> and at that time, I was running the Quaker Breakfast Portfolio, so all of your oatmeal cereals. Mm. I was the general manager, so Good I had a, a. I was over food science and finance and manufacturing, all areas that I had no expertise. But my job was to pull it all together. So the governor said to me, "Well, do you have any background or history in children, <laughs> youth, and families?" And I said. No. Instant oatmeal.
1: Yeah. I we said, do the we dinosaur eggs.
2: Exactly. So, so, um, so she said, well, yeah, that's wonderful. That's what you want. But tourism makes more sense. And, you know, I mean, she was, she was very nice She's about wise. it. But as anyone would be, she thought that's absolutely crazy. So for the next four years while I was at tourism, every chance I got, I just reminded them that really my dream job. And I loved tourism. I loved it because I think it's a great way to bring jobs to our state, right. and that's what I told my staff from day one. We have one goal, and that is jobs for New Mexicans. Mm. Right. And we want to do everything we can to get more people here, more dollars here, more jobs here. So it was still a very purpose-driven job, but my heart was just begging for CYFD. So, wow. Yeah, so... I did not know that. that. I know, I know. People <gasps> don't know And then you know got that. what you asked and for. And I got what I asked
0: for. <laughs> yeah, be careful what <laughs> you asked for.
2: So, yeah, so that's actually how it happened. So then, um, you know... When she was reelected, um, she appointed me to run
1: CYFD for the second four years. Yes. And you did an absolutely amazing job. And we can say that because we were foster parents at the time. And we saw the difference. We were foster parents for seven years. And so for us, we were absolutely blown away at the job that you did. You listened to us. You actually sat down and had a meeting with us. And um, Clay and I were like, this lady knows what she's doing. Thank and you. she cares. I think that the one thing that I did right was
2: sit down with people. <laughs> That's right. You did. I mean, we sat and, and really heard from folks about what they needed. And it's a tough job.
1: That's right. Um,
2: but I'm really, I'm proud of what we did. We grew the budget by $100 right. million dollars <sighs> in four years. We grew the number of staff by 20%, the number of foster parents by yes. 30%. Um, but we... Most most importantly, we worked on changing the culture That's and we right. knew based on meetings with folks like you all that that was the single most important thing mm-hmm. for CYFD. Now, you can't do that in four years with an agency That's of 2,000 right. people. That's right. But I think we laid a really good, strong groundwork. You and, did. And I will tell you that today I was back yes. at CYZ where I'm now volunteering, which I is a little, bit, a little bit weird. <laughs> little right? Awkward. Do people like, oh my goodness, Oh yeah, what
1: is she doing here? Yeah, yeah. I was like, today I went,
2: we had the graduation at mm. the high school at Foothill. I so love for it. the incarcerated youth. And I went and I did think I saw people whispering like, did she not get the memo? <laughs> <laughs> She's not supposed She's to be not, Yeah, but I was invited. I got an I'm invitation so from happy. one of the young ladies there and uh, she she gave a speech. It was the most... The single most remarkable speech I've ever heard in my life. And it was from one of our graduates oh, there.
1: It was incredible. It thrills so, in my heart to hear it. Yeah, I so hope I know good. her. I hope she's a Zoe girl. <laughs> she was there recently. Oh, so. I love it. Which ones? I'm so excited. That's the best. Well, when people you can go back and know, be proud to go back. People, Absolutely. People
0: that don't know Monique, if she didn't get the memo, memo she would have showed up in <laughs> <the memo. laughs>
2: <laughs> I do feel for the young lady who had to put me through the volunteer training, and they had to take my fingerprints, fingerprints. And yeah, I was like, I think I started this program, but we'll go through the training. It was it was good. I it's learned. Working. I learned new things. So that's it was right. Great. You
1: that were like, oh so wow, awesome. yeah, this is amazing. Oh yeah, I came up with it <laughs> totally. I was like, no open toed shoes. Who knew? So
0: wow. Yeah. Hey, really quick. So you you have done some stuff with immigration.
2: Yes. So it's it's another just kind of serendipitous story. But when I was leaving CYFD, I did an interview with the Albuquerque Journal and the reporter kept asking me about the immigration issue. And I told him I refuse to comment on something that I don't know about because having run CYFD, I can tell you that it's it's tough when mm-hmm. you're in there doing it every day. And you have a lot of people that aren't in there commenting mm-hmm. on it when they don't actually know what's happening. So I said, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be one of those people. I cannot comment on what they're doing, because I right. truly don't know. I haven't seen it with my own eyes. I don't know what's happening. And I said, so, so I, I can't really give you a comment. But I said, the only thing I know for sure is if children are being separated from their parents, they need support. That's right. So regardless of any sort of political point of view, that I know with absolute certainty. And so interestingly enough, right when I ended at CYFD, I got a call from an amazing nonprofit from the northern part of the state, Las Cumbres. And they had just received a large federal grant to provide trauma informed support wow. to kids who have been separated from their parents or faced some sort of trauma as a result of the immigration process. So, and they wow. so they called me up to help because they had gotten this funding, uh, but it was a brand new program, and they have the most unbelievable people working mm-hmm. there and working on this, but no one with my exact skill set, which was really how do we kind of pull it together from a strategic. Mm-hmm perspective and get all of these amazing people pointed in the right mm-hmm. direction. So I got to to jump right on board with that. And it's been just amazing. We are working to help kids here in the northern part of the state who live here now, mm-hmm. but have experienced possibly they were separated from mm-hmm. their parents or a parent has been deported. Uh, but wow. then we're also doing a monthly trip to the border. And so we're going down to the border and actually crossing the border and spending time at one of the immigration shelters in Juarez. We wanna go. Yeah. I know. We'll I I will find we, a way. <gasps> it's amazing just to yes. to meet these family I mean to see it. Yeah, firsthand. Right. 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 Because it's all over the news mm-hmm. and there's so uh I would say there's so much over politics. Po- politi- yeah. Oh, politicize. Got yeah, it. Politicized, yeah, politicized. Yeah, politicized the issue that it was really hard to kind of keep track of what's actually happening on right. on both sides. So to get to go there, to get to see the issues, there are significant issues right. that we're facing with regards to this. But then to also get to see the people and mm, honestly, get to know them, yeah, to get to know them, to give them a smile to help them feel welcomed. Because um one thing that 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 I feel with regards to this issue, I mean, I have quite a few feelings on it, but. Um, they're human beings. That's right. And I think that we still need we need really clear, we need clear policy and laws, and we need to enforce those in that's a clear right. way. so so it's not mm-hmm. all just a human uh, point of view on it, but mm. at the end of the day, they're humans and they deserve to be treated with with a level dignity, of that's dignity right. and kindness. Mm. and um so it's been it's been wonderful, wonderful. and unfortunately, the number of kids is incredibly high. And these are mm-hmm. both children that are with, a family member and unaccompanied minors. When we were at the shelter, they had had a six-year-old come through, who had been sent across Mexico by themselves wow. to get to get here. So it's pretty it's pretty unfathomable. That I think. is, that
1: is.
0: We get a chance to do some work every now and then in Juarez through our church. And it's a a well-organized machine, but it's incredible when you go there and you get to meet and feel the people. And we've been to El Salvador, and Michelle's been to Costa Rica, and uh, Puerto Vallarta. We got to work with the dump people, and it's exactly what you said. You know, the the dump people are probably some of my favorite. They Mm -hmm. used to scavenge Mm -hmm. the dump, and then you take away the dump, and now they don't have anything. That's right and you look at people in extreme poverty, so they have to turn to other means to make a living, which is generally very bad, Mm -hmm. but you meet the kids and those kids are just kids. They want the same things. That's right. So no matter where you travel in the world, it's, we need to, yeah, take away the lines.
1: Yeah, and for me, I think this time last year, actually me and my daughter were in Haiti and we went to City Soleil, which is the poorest city in the world. And it was profound. It was truly profound to see babies, you know, babies carrying babies, no parents, no nothing, naked. And that was, you know, was a shocker for us. But we knew that there wasn't a huge impact that we could make in two weeks. We just knew that we could give that, like you said, we needed to treat them with dignity. We need to show them kindness and love and we would bring water to them. We had water trucks that the organization we were working with would bring water. And it was just so neat to see these babies, you know, playing in the water and drinking and, you know, they'd fill up uh, uh, little kid's swimming pools, So they'd have water for the week. And, just the smiles on their faces. And, you know, it, and it's not a matter of changing the world. It's, you know what, making that person that you're in front of to feeling special and establishing that they have worth. And I think, you know, as far as going down to Juarez, oh, my goodness, the thought of, you know, being a six-year-old, because when you said six-year-old, I thought my six-year-old would totally do it. And like, bye, mom. I'll be <laughs> at the other side of the border because he's so independent. But really typical six-year-olds to be sent across by themselves Either things had to be really bad, you know. That's what I'm thinking. Yep. Things had to be really bad to do that. Yep. And th- that child just being alone and not knowing, do, you know, does my family want me? Do they want my life to be better? And those are the things that I think about. I think very much on the personal level of that particular child. So we'd love to go with you. Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> I have to say when you were, when you were talking like. Oh, oh, before taking the CYFD job, I actually spent two weeks in Uganda. Mm-hmm. And it's two weeks, so again, similar. It's not like I changed the world in those two weeks. That's in right. fact, I think
0: it changes us. It changed That's me, right?
2: But it, it laid the groundwork for how we rolled out the mission at mm-hmm. CYFD. Mm-hmm. Because what I saw in Uganda was the same. I saw poverty that was um, that was worse than most of what I've seen here, and I've seen. Some pretty horrific things here. But the poverty level was significant there. But what I also saw was an unbelievable sense of community. Mm -hmm. And I saw joy. I saw so much Mm. joy Uh in these kids' eyes and in their faces and in the games that they were playing on the street, in mm-hmm. the dirt, in the mud. I, I saw, similar to you, I saw, you know, a six year old with a three year old on her back that she was responsible for that whole day. Mm-hmm. Things that were, again, just kind of unimaginable to mm-hmm. me, but it worked for them. That's right. And so when, when when I started at CYFD, I knew, unfortunately, in four years, we're not gonna end child abuse. I certainly, of course, that was our goal. I wish, wish, wish that, that we could do that, but I, there's too many external factors to end that in four years. Um, And I knew we couldn't end poverty. And I knew we couldn't. There were so many issues we were facing that I knew we couldn't just fix. But what I believed strongly after having been in Uganda is despite poverty, Mm -hmm. despite a lot of things, we can improve the quality of life for these kids. And that's what we set the mission. And I hope it's still the mission at CYFD. But we set it very simply, which was to improve the quality of life for our children period and I rolled it out and you know, I'd go to offices in Las Cruces and they painted it on the walls and people it. would put it on their emails. and I think it really helped it does. those two thousand employees remember what their purpose was that's right and and it made it something tangible and I would tell everybody every day you can do one thing that will improve the quality of life for this child. every that's day right. you can't end poverty. Every day you can bring a smile to the face of someone who needs to smile. Every day you can make someone feel loved who doesn't feel loved. And I I really think if we all just did that, if we all just said, you know what, today I'm going to improve the quality of life for one person. And if every person listening did that every single day just one person Sometimes just it's one. bad days that's easy yeah <laughs> yeah Maybe you're not like getting out there to 40 50 people but one person that's every right. day and i think the
1: ripple effect would be what could change the profound. state certainly and then eventually the world that's right profound and what and what a small sacrifice right and it and it changes you i couldn't agree more it it it, it did it, you know like you were saying we can't we can't change. And and that was something that I struggled with being in another country because, you know, I grew up in America. You know, we, I, we were very poor. We were homeless at one time. But I always you have this idea of what a child's life should look like. But that's not necessarily the right way to look at it, because we can't go and, you know, rescue. And I'm air quoting here. All you know, these children, because we oh they don't have shoes. Well, the shoes mean Happiness, the shoes, you know, so, so I'm totally with you on that. I love that mission statement. And I could see a difference in the staff with CYFD when we would speak with your staff and the excitement that they had that because when you think of stopping child abuse being your job, oh my goodness, you, you clock in as a failure. Yep. So to be able to come in and just say, I can, I can do that one person? Oh, my yep. goodness. Yep, and improve the quality of their life. So That's wherever right.
2: it's starting, all we're going to do is make it better. And so much of it has to do with kindness. That's right. It's treating people with kindness. I'm amazed at the difference that can make in a person's life when they're right. just treated with kindness. That's right.
0: So you come back from Mexico. You've been doing this for how long now?
2: So I, I started in January. Right. So when we go every month. We go to Mexico. I've gone uh, most of the months. Some months I haven't made it. But
0: I get it. So now you're back. So you come back. What's your next step?
2: So I'm starting a nonprofit. It's called BTC Squared, and it's all about breaking the cycles of abuse and trauma. And really, mm-hmm. the fundamental belief is at the heart of every issue we're facing are those cycles of abuse and trauma. And they really are cycles. They're generational. Um, I've been working with some folks on on even the brain maps that show what Mm -hmm. happens to your brain and how it literally develops differently. So someone who has experienced extreme trauma, their brain looks different from someone who hasn't. So when you ask yourself, how can they do such horrible things? How can they make such bad decisions? There's actually a very real reason and, a, and an answer to that question and it has to do with trauma. So I think the key is breaking those cycles. So we mm-hmm. have two projects we're gonna start with. Um, when I was back at, at PepsiCo, we did a lot of work on how do you change behaviors mm-hmm. and we did a lot of studies and unfortunately that time it was to sell oatmeal. <laughs> but I'm trying to leverage it now to say, and what we learned is there are pivotal moments in a person's life when they're most open to change. It's hard to change. Change is really, really hard. So the idea is let's find those pivotal moments and interject solutions at that time. So the two projects, the first is community baby showers. And I think you were a part of it when we we did one before when I was at CUFD and and I thought this is it. This is what we need to take nationwide. And the idea is inviting people to baby showers. Not having resource fair, not inviting them to a. Who doesn't love
1: a good baby shower? Right, come on.
2: Yeah, so so you invite
1: them to a baby, that's, come and on. that's every woman I tell about
2: this, they light up because yes. they know what it feels like to have a baby shower and so so you do that but then you have all of our service providers on hand so what i saw unfortunately when i was at cyfd is a lot of services are out there that don't get used that's right so then you have them there so people are signing up for home visiting child care assistance substance abuse help financial literacy programs they get signed up then we play games because baby shower come on and the games, though are all written to be educational. So mm-hmm. they're, they're teaching nice. these moms basic things that mm. they may not know that I saw at CYFD results in tragedy. Mm-hmm. You sleep with your baby, it can result in tragedy. Some right. people don't know that. That's right. so, but we do it in a really fun way. So right. baby shower, bingo. Um, we, and then the final part is all about creating connections amongst the people there. Mm-hmm. So having them go meet each other, they have to fill out forms of who, not forms, Community. but games. Because, You're creating community. Yep. Yeah. And I will tell you, and I'm no longer in charge of CYFD, so this doesn't sound like an excuse, but the state cannot, will not ever be the answer. Right. It has to be community. You can't possibly have the state in every home. You don't want them in every home. <laughs> Legally, that can't work. So we have to build up stronger communities mm-hmm. around these families that are having babies. And right. so when we did this, it's it's those parts, those are the official parts, but what it really does is it celebrates these babies That's and right. these mamas in a way that they're not being celebrated.
1: Mm.
2: And when, when we did one, a uh, lady came up to me and she, she was with her little girl and her little girl was just excited. And she mm. said, thank you so much. Mommy and I were looking forward to this all week long. Aww. And then the mom started crying and she got big tears. And she, mm. she said, I just want to thank you. You're the first person to throw me a baby shower. <sighs> And even that language, throw me a shower. She That's felt right. like we were. She was being celebrated. It. That's it. She was being celebrated. And you know, you know that if we don't treat these babies like there's something worthy they're prize. of celebration, they're a prize. That's they right. will not be treated like they're yes. worthy of celebration. We had a baby that came into custody, and his mom called him the tumor the entire time she mm-hmm. was pregnant with him. And I thought, man, being a parent is hard enough when you love your kids. That's right. But if you view them as a tumor forget it. So, so that's the first part. And then the second part is working with our incarcerated youth on another pivotal moment, which is when they're leaving incarceration. So these are kids that are in the equivalent of prison. They've done bad things, Mm. but I will tell you nearly all of them have had horrific cycles of abuse, poverty, things occur to them. And so I want to work with them on public speaking. Love it. So teaching them to own their story. So often we tell them your past doesn't define your future, but I think it's more complex than that. I think it's own your past that's and right. let it define your future, but in a positive, strong solutions manner. So those that's what that's what I'm working on now. That's my my passion, and I love it. Uh, I can't wait. Every again, every woman that I mentioned the baby showers to oh, is like the they best. are all over it because they know what it felt like to have that support. And if you imagine what it feels like to not have, and we, we invite the men too to the baby showers, so it's not I only women. Yeah, you would if they were serving food.
1: Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, going back to what you had mentioned about the brain mapping and, you know, the development of the brain. And I know for, in some, because we've been, we were exposed to it quite a few years ago. And, you know, just the hypothalamus being underdeveloped. And, you know, that's the part of, especially for boys that develops kind of later in life. So when you're thinking of the trauma and the abuse that are going on and that are already delayed, and then of course, crime. And, but also the hope in that is that the brain can be can, can be modified so it can they they can regain those things they can be empowered they can learn and the brain can regain maybe not to the capacity that was intended before the abuse but it, it, there there are ways that's there exactly are ways right. that's... and that to me is there's the hope mm-hmm. there's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is that there is these children are not doomed because of the abuse. I know a lot of folks, I know for us, initially when we started adopting kids, we adopted our son from Russia and we got a lot of slack for that. We got a lot of slack that, oh, what about the kids in New Mexico? And we were going, are you kidding me? It's a child. But then there was a part of us that we were like, you know what? We do. We need to look at fostering. And then we talked to some professionals Folks, social workers that we knew, and they were like, You guys could never foster. <laughs> never. So we didn't. Th- yeah, poor Clay. Um, so we didn't. And I really regret that we didn't get started sooner. And once we started fostering kids and we started seeing that, you know what, it's not the child isn't the problem, the parent isn't the problem. I, I, I often think, What could I do? What could a community do? To step in and help. Can I take your kid to school? We, you know, we work with the, the sheriff's department right now and we do Operation Safe Child and we're going into homes and we're like, oh my goodness, this kid just needs a ride to school. Wait a minute. When I was a kid, my neighbor used to take me to school. What in the world? Can we like go introduce him to the neighbors? <laughs> you know, do, is there another kid? But it's just so simple. That's, I love it because I think for all the right reasons,
2: when bad things happen in the mm-hmm. community people they they become outraged that's as right. they should yes. it is outrageous some of what happens but unfortunately that's not that helpful no and and they also I think I think I think the problem is the issue is so complex and no one has a simple answer other than to fix it. Be, yeah be angry and 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 demand that someone mm-hmm. fix it but again again and perhaps it's because I was the person in charge of fixing it and I was unable to do that by myself mm-hmm. uh, or not even by myself with 2000 employees unable to do it because it can't be done by anyone organization. It has to be exactly what you're talking about. It has to be the community. But the beauty in that is really the impact each individual can make. And I think when an issue is so big, a lot of times individuals feel paralyzed. That's right. Like it's too big for them. Like, how are you going to end substance abuse? It's huge. I'm Uh, not one person. (laughs) Right. However, Project Zoe very well might Mm -hmm. set a young lady on a path that gives her the confidence that the next time someone offers her drugs she's she feels strong enough That's to right. say no I remember talking to some young men who had been incarcerated they'd gotten out and they were back and so mm-hmm. I got them all together said I want all the people who were out and are back in nice and and sat down and said what happened and it was drugs every time it was mm-hmm. drugs and I said why why did you go back to drugs you got clean while you were here for the most part what what was it and uh one of the young men he said miss it's just easier to say yes
1: hmm mm-hmm.
2: yep it's huge if
1: we don't give them reasons to Power. say no that's right it's just easier to worth. say yes and letting them know you know what you're too valuable to to toss that to accept something that's going to harm you the 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 value and the worth that you have that, to, that you can offer to this world because i think that that's what it is there is this almost impotence that they feel like i'm just a burden You know, like you said, the the child that was referred to as the tumor. I really think that a lot of these kids believe that about themselves, that I'm just, you know what, I do better in jail because I can be clean. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to say, I don't have to make a choice of saying yes or no, but we need to empower them with, you're valuable. It's, you know, and, and this isn't the answer. You know, if you're hurting, these are the tools. This is what you do if you're hurting. You don't have to just take the quick fix. Yep. So... I wow. Love it. Love
0: it. Well, Monique Jacobson, the lioness of New Mexico. Um, if you could tell the whole world, everyone could hear you. And from the poorest of the poor, the lowest of the low, to the most powerful, what would you tell them?
2: I would tell them to be kind. Mm. And as you read, my background's all in business. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a soft, mushy person. <laughs> typically, but I will tell you that that's what I believe will change the world is Mm -hmm. people being more kind and looking for opportunities to be kind. And even when you disagree, be kind. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, that's, that's what I saw at CUFD. I saw that's when we were able to have an impact is when we, when we approached it from a place of kindness. And and I think you guys are a great example of this. Even if you disagree with someone, Mm -hmm. disagree with them in a kind manner, Mm -hmm. have that as an intention in your heart. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think it makes a huge difference. I try, I'm like not perfect at this at all. I want (laughs) to be clear. Um, but I think just setting it and then trying every day, going back and trying to do that, I think makes a big difference. And whether it's, You don't know what people are going now after having been at CYFD, being in a lot of homes around this, people are going through some really rough stuff. Mm -hmm. And you might see them in the parking lot at the grocery store and you might see them. They might uh, bump into you in the mall or, you know, and and they might not look kind at that moment. But I'm telling you, if you can just return a bit of kindness to them, it might be just what they
1: need to kind of wrap them in some warmth. That's right. Well, and, and for me, you know, mom, bunch of kids, I bring them to Target and I see a mom with her baby and she's getting frustrated because she has a two year old and an infant. And I can see she's getting, you know, more and more angry. And I even told my kids, I said, hey, we need to go over and maybe you guys can talk to the little girl that's there with her mom and I'll talk to the baby. Because if you address the baby, you don't address mom, she's going to be like, oh, she's and I'm like, you go ahead. She was doing self-checkout and I was just talking to the baby to get him to stop crying and he did. And she's like, thank you so much. And all I could think about was being a young mom, being frustrated and having my kids screaming and crying and people looking at me and saying, oh, my goodness, Doesn't she know how to stop that? And just the condemnation that you feel as a parent that your kid's not perfect. So, you know, something so simple, something so simple to let someone know, girl, you're you're nailing this. Yeah. Just because your baby's crying does not mean you're a failure. Yep. So go on, go buckle him in the car, and he's going to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, or <laughs> drive around for three hours if he doesn't, like, until,
2: until he does. That's right. But I think the other really important point there is just, to, so I'd say, be kind and be honest. Be mm. true. Be more real. I feel mm. like we all put on so many fronts, and uh, I think the more we can break that down, the more you see that that's we're bad. all broken. We, we we are all flawed. And so I think that's it's such an important part. Mm-hmm.
0: How Awesome. Well, this is the voice of the lion, um, and our guest today was Monique Jacobson. And I guess the roar of today is be kind.
2: There you go. Love, I it. love it.
0: And this has been the voice of a lion, and I hope that you enjoyed today's guest. I hope that they inspired you, they motivated you, and you find strength in their journey and the stories that they told. If you'd like to continue to follow us, please go to voiceofalion.com.